Greetings, my friend. We are all interested in the future, for that is where you and I are going to spend the rest of our lives. You are interested in the unknown, the mysterious, the unexplainable. That is why you are here. Welcome to episode 453 of the AFTN Preview Podcast. I'm Gideon Hill, and alongside me today, riding shotgun, the amazing Peter Hickens. Welcome, Peter. Thanks, Gideon. Great to be here today. So let's let's quickly delve into the um, the game on on Sunday, Peter. I know that the guys on the Sunday show go pretty in depth with their their YouTube shows and and their podcasts that um, are just excellent. Might I add? filling in for, for Joe tonight. Um, he had he and his wife, Caroline, had their uh, second child, I believe it was Tuesday or Monday. So congratulations to Joe. I want to say that first off. But let's switch topic to a much more disappointing game in, in Sunday's mentioned. Uh, Kansas City, a 3 nothing loss for the Caps. Peter, um, what did you or didn't you see out of that game for, for Vancouver? Yeah, well, I mean, to, to, to give some context, I remember, I remember, I remember I woke up on that was that was on Sunday right yeah yeah I remember I woke up on Sunday and I'd, I'd kind of slept and I remembered oh you know it's, it was like 11 o'clock I was like oh the Caps are playing so I just still sitting in bed and turned on my computer and I it's about, it's about the 30th minute when I tuned in I remember like right away I turned it on and like proposed made like a great save I was like oh wow that, that looked bad and then yeah proceeds one minute later to see shallow we then go and score and then two minutes later the penalty and all of this while I'm like still just waking up I'm like wow this is this is not going well <laughs> but I <laughs> mean for Sunday and that and so that's you know that based on that sample and obviously I don't know if you'd say things got better from there but they certainly weren't or I think they anything's better than conceding two goals in five minutes so um yeah I mean things got went better from there but at the same time it was that was almost an accurate char- characterization of how much the Whitecaps were scrambling for a lot of that game. You know what? It did feel like a Sunday morning game for the, the people watching and the, the players participating in the game. Yeah, that not, not an ideal game. It wasn't 6-1 or 7-1, whatever the score was in Kansas City about three, two, three years ago when Tachira got sent off. And I think there was another player sent off. Reina, I think it was. That it, was Reina, it was, was Reina just... and Efrain Juarez in 2018. Yes, that's Rob, right. Robbo's yes. last season. Yeah, so that jogs the memory briefly and then evades it. But let's let's talk about this weekend, Peter. Um, a new opponent uh, comes new opportunity. The Whitecaps team that is um, yet to score from open play this season. They've scored um, five goals for all from set pieces. 
whether that be penalty kicks, corner, free kick, and they've given up seven. So seven goals against in six or sorry, seven games played isn't terrible. Um, it's also not great. They haven't scored more goals than they've conceded. So that's a number that they want to improve. What have you seen out of them early on in this season, Peter? What are you looking for them out of this game on, on Saturday? Obviously, I think the conversation surrounding the lack of goals scored from open play, I don't know what it is now, like 294 days or something. But I mean, yeah, that's the off season. Who's but, counting? But yeah, who, who's, who's counting? Yeah, I mean, obviously it's concerning, but and particularly after the showing in Kansas City this past weekend, it's it's more concerning as how disheartening that that loss was. But and this is it's not to say the Whitecaps haven't been competitive. It's not to say the Whitecaps haven't had their chances. It's it really is frustrating as both a fan and as someone trying to be an objective observer to see so many chances. You know. Doesn't not saying that our chance creation has been great, but there have been chances, and it's frustrating to see them not capitalizing on them. It's, it's, yeah, it's weird that it seems to be only on set pieces where the caps, you know, the individual players in the moment are sharp, and then you know when the ball falls to them in open play and they got a great opportunity, they seem to keep missing. So I mean, I, I don't. I, it's it's tough to evaluate them in that sense because the opportunity is there and I think the effort is certainly there, but the finishing and the mentality maybe not so much. Yeah, it, it feels like very frustrating. I mean, on the plus side, they have scored a goal, scored five to be exact. At least they're not you know shut out early on in the season. Um, but let's let's take a quick delve into the the Caps formation. MDS seems to be favoring a four four two this season. I don't know if that's the ideal one right now, given that they have, don't have a number 10, Peter. I think it's what they're doing the best with what they have. What do you see them playing this Saturday against the Houston team that we, we briefly chatted before, but very interesting. They're, they're kind of fluid. They're a, a team that doesn't seem to score a whole ton of goals. They don't seem to be giving up a lot as well. Just to touch on the, yeah, the 4-4-2 formation like I've been using. I mean, yeah, it's interesting because – you know, four four two. When you think about it, is like you can think of a team like Burnley in the Premier League, where it's like it is the very classic kick and run, and you and you need players, especially the players in the front line, to be able to hold the line. Those players need to, when they get the opportunity, need to bring the ball down. They need to be able and to pass very accurately when those opportunities come, because there simply aren't a lot of them when you play that way. Um, in terms of yeah, what where the Whitecaps are going to be with their formation this weekend. I think DeSantos, part of the reason he's been going with the 4-4-2 is out of availability. You know, at different times, we've had different midfielders injured, chiefly Baldissimo here and there. If if Baldissimo, Kyle Alexander, and Jenny Obikel are all available this weekend, maybe they go to the 4-3-3 and maybe they use Caicedo and Dahomey on the wings to support Cava, especially considering Houston has been playing with the exception of last weekend where they played somewhere we were debating whether it's called a three, four, one, two or a three, five, two, mm-hmm. but they, mm-hmm. Houston's generally been playing a four three, three. So, you know, maybe just, you know, I think DeSantos there, maybe he sees if he, if he, you know, he trusts his squad to go up on the head to head matchups. You think they're going to fare better. Maybe he plays four, three, three. Yeah. And I think one thing that I definitely like about Houston, not from a team standpoint, but more of a formation and tactical side is that, you don't know what formation they're playing. And sometimes that plays in the hands of the opposition. Sometimes that plays in the hands of, um, of the team. And, you know, 
I think we've seen it before with the Whitecaps where they play the same formation over and over again, sometimes with the same personnel, sometimes with a rotating cast of characters and maybe don't find the success that they maybe should given they're setting up the right way for the opposition. I think they're now set up, Peter, with a team that they can actually win games as we touched on before. They can actually compete. Um, so I think they go with a 4-4-2 this weekend. Again, um, I mean, not like they, they need to fix. They have any other options to bring in creatively to change the game. I think Valdismo does bring a lot offensively um, from a defensive midfield standpoint. But yeah, let's see. I think it'll be a 4-4-2. Do you, do you agree with me saying that, Peter? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I'd like to see them play a 4-3-3, but we also, you know, Valdismo, we're not sure if, if he's absolutely going to be fit. You know, I think a four four two, especially given how committed DeSantis has been to that, given the squad at the moment, I think a four four two is the most probable. I think if we see a a number ten, you know, in in one's dreams come into the squad, you know, again, I know they're trying hard, and I'm taking nothing away from the lack of the trying aspect of it. But if we do see a number ten at some point this season, I definitely do see a four three three or a four four two with. Uh, attacking mid and a defensive mid, almost like a, a diamond. But yeah, four through three would be ideal if a, a number 10 comes in. And how many players they have in midfield, like six or seven that could start. Um, Rose could even be for a starting midfielder if he wanted to, so or MDS wanted to. So lots of options there. I will pose the next question, Peter. Who do you think would be out? Who's in? I will follow that question with MDS this week said all players are available, but not match fit. So based on last weekend, looks like Owusu, um, Baldissimo could probably play uh, quite a bit of the game. Gashbar is available. Just to preface that, who do you think might uh, appear in this one for the Caps and start? I think the primary questions say, so, you know, if we if we assume that they're going to play a four four two, I think the primary question and where we're going, we might see movement is on the back line. Who is going to pair with Franco Veselinovic? Is it going to be Andy Rose? Who? You know, as much as people might be might have said, oh, you know, Andy Rose is in the center back. Andy Rose, you know, he doesn't he doesn't have a bunch of pedigree. He's not he's a you know, unlike Eric Godoy, maybe played an arch, I don't know, whatever. But Andy Rose has been he's been very effective, and you can feel his presence when he or his lack of presence. Correct me when he's not on the field. You know, Derek Cornelius. I remember when he came into the Minnesota game at halftime. I remember right at the start, it's like, oh, you know, he's, he's playing really well. But it was also partly, and, you know, you can debate if it was Gutierrez or Derek Cunillas who's responsible for that goal. But he did play a part in Minnesota, in Minnesota scoring and Vancouver conceding. So, I mean, do, do, you have a, do you have an opinion there? I, you know, I totally agree with you. I think there's two sides of the coin. I think he brings a very physical presence. He's not as agile as, as Cornelius, and he's likes to pick the passes up the field. Cornelius likes to play quick little balls, you know, left and right diagonally. Um, so there, there's two aspects to it. I definitely think if Godoy can play at least 60, 70, maybe even, you know, 90, I don't know what his fitness is like. He just made the bench last weekend, but I feel like Veselinovic and, and Godoy are your, are your one, two punch. And then followed by Cornelius and Rose. And again, not to take anything away from Cornelius and Rose, I think they perform well. But given that uh, Rose is also a threat upset pieces, as we saw against Toronto in the third, second or third game of the season, I think he fits in well. He's a veteran presence and he really knows how to lead alongside Veselinovic, who is still a young player, um, no, getting his way and finding his own MLS and besides Rose, who's been pretty much everywhere in, in England and, and U.S. soccer. Yeah, I mean, the other, the other areas, 
I mean, we could have, if you look at the Colorado game, look at the Minnesota game. I mean, I, we're going to talk about Lucas Cavallini a second, but Russell Tiber, does Russell Tiber take the position on the left wing like he has in the past few games? And I mean, I have to say, you know, watching the watching the Kansas City game, I was thinking, you know, maybe having Russell Tiber on the field right now isn't the worst thing. He's <laughs> it's not the yeah, yeah. he's not the sexiest player, but you know, he he does calm things down when there are you know he's he's not give he's not giving the ball away. He's he's making the safe pass, and he you know he's the build up play is taking a while, but and he, his crossing has also been quite quite decent this season. Yeah, I think we've seen in years past where he he provides some scoring punch. He's got three career MLS goals. He's got um, some MLS assists. He and Rose bring a, a steady presence to the on the field for the Whitecaps, a veteran one, certainly. But I think when they're chasing a game or where they're needing to score, I think it's definitely not the option they go with. A lot of people are screaming for Raposo or having Gula to start. Raposo was pulled off after, what, 30 minutes on Sunday for Baldissimo. So, um not a good look for, for Raposo, who I think is, is a very good player. Just maybe not the match for him to be in, given the, the options. Um, let talked about not being able to, to stop goals or giving up some goals. Let's transition to scoring goals, Peter. And I mentioned it off the top. Um, no goals from open play yet. We've, we've played this guitar, that we've played this music before in regards to not being able to score early on in the season, let alone uh, open play. Let me ask you this. What do they need to do this weekend against Houston to get the ball in that from open play? Okay. Well, I think, yeah, I mean, it's not, it's not an easy fix, right? I mean, right off the bat, I, I think we are predicting here that Marco Santos isn't going to shake up the lineup that much. So you're still going to have right. the same players in the field. It's still probably going to be Dahomey and Lucas Cavallini up front. I mean, they, but end of the day, those two players having those starting positions, they do need to be more clinical. The team, you know, the Whitecaps have been running teams off the park, off the park this year in terms of you know miles log. That doesn't necessarily mean it's translating into anything, but they are they are moving around a lot. There's a, they are you know trying to they are helping each other out. There's a lot of movement. I think with that being said, the caveat of that strategy is that the Whitecaps do get very tired as the game progresses. Marcus Santos needs to start subbing in players earlier. He cannot wait until the 75th, 80th minute when the team is down one nothing to start bringing in players. Like if you, I mean, we've if we look at like Lucas Cavallini, for example, who's been the pinpoint of this discussion of where are the goals. We haven't seen Toe Saint Ricketts this year. We have barely seen Theo Bear. We haven't seen David. We haven't even seen David Egbo. We've got four strikers on the roster, and yet we seem only to be using one. So I'm not. You know, Lucas Cavallini is a great player. I still have a ton of faith in Lucas Cavallini, even if there is a discussion that he's struggling right now. But at the same time, maybe he needs some more help in terms of who's next to him, or maybe he needs to come off the game when he's not playing well and someone else needs to take their chance. Yeah, and I think I think definitely, Peter, it's, it stems from that number 10 conversation we had earlier. I think everyone's had it in any podcast, you know, tweet, thread, whatever, what, three months, maybe even the last two, three years, right? Um, to put in perspective, Christian Dahomey has the most shots in the Whitecaps this year. And yes, he's been as a forward, he's a team with three goals, but this is a guy that's supposed to be creating the opportunities, creating the chances, given, you know, a couple from set pieces, one from the penalty spot. I just feel like that's not numbers you want. Yes, he's a, an exciting player, but Cavallini is your go-to guy that's supposed to be getting those balls in from Dahomey. It feels frustrating, and this game, we'll get to Houston in a moment here, but 
one thing that I, I, I will watch for in this game is the physicality. Like the Whitecaps know how Tim Parker plays fully healthy going to this game. He played in the weekend against Colorado. So I expect a physical battle. I wouldn't mind seeing a bear, a Ricketts come in or even start and then have Dahomey and Kaiseido in the wings, which would be, I think, deathly for the opposition's left and right backs to have those two speedsters running at you and in behind and around you. So that's something to think about. And I think they need to find um, some success on the wings into this game, which we'll get to in a moment. But first, this week's over-under game. All right, Peter, uh, I'll let you go first. Uh, since I'm hosting this one, I feel like it's only time for me to, to let you go first, not, you know, not second, first, or whatever they call it. But um, I'll, I'll let you ask the questions, and I'll provide the answers to my best abilities without looking at any stats or anything like that. Go yes, ahead. Do you, do you solemnly swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, Gideon? <laughs> nothing but the lie. I mean the truth. Yes, of course. Yes. Far away. <laughs> All right, well. Uh, Marco Marich, who was their goalkeeper they acquired last year and remains their goalkeeper this year. He was their, he played in 23 games last year to give you some perspective. What was his goals against average higher or lower than 1.8 per game? I'm going to say higher. I think Houston definitely leaked in the goals last year. I'm afraid it was lower, 1.74. Oh, but damn. it was I, I kept it close to the needle there. So maybe that was Yes, you did. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. All right, all right yeah. Fire away. Okay, so Albert, Albert at least had five goals last year over under. I'm trying to remember how many games Albert Leaf played last year. Because I can't remember if he left in the summer or the winter transfer window. Um I'm gonna say I'm still gonna say over on that. Two. Two. Wow, that is okay. I'm hoping he left in the summer. I don't know if that's a poor season for at least. Um, okay, go ahead. All right. Darwin Quintero, who I'm sure we're, we're, we're going to talk about in a moment. Did Dar- Darwin Quintero, he played 22 games last year. Did he get over or under 11 assists? Ooh. I'm going to say under. I feel like he was very hot and cold last season. It, it, correct, it was under. He had 10 assists last year. He's no Sebastian Jovenko, but he's a good little player. Um, okay, next one. Uh, Albert Elise had three yellows last year. Over, under. Uh, under. He had six yellow cards last six year. Six yellow as cards. As a winger. That is a lot. Yeah. Oh, my God. All right. <laughs> Not doing so hot so far. Okay. All right. Um <laughs> Memo Rodriguez, who will probably feature this will probably feature yep, this weekend. Yep. He played 21 games last year for Houston. Did he score over or under six goals? I think it was I'm gonna say over on this one. It was under. He scored five, but that does give me an opportunity to uh, yes, to win the damn game. No, to All tie right. it. To tie it only oh, I, to tie that's I, right. I've missed, I've missed it's both. one it's one nothing. Yeah, it's one okay. nothing. Game goes by so fast. All right. Tyler Derrick, the Houston goalie as of last year, played 15 games over under. Uh, like well, based on marriage, under. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Unless there was a lot of like, subbing mid-game, which I mean. that's That would be over. Who crazy. knows with MLS, but. <laughs> All right. That was this week's over under. All right, let's um, since we, we talked about them so in depth in that game, Peter, let's transition to Houston Dynamo, who 
given their rebranding in the offseason, um, they've gone some, through a lot of change. They have Todd Ramos, the former U.S. U23 man in charge, has been for a couple seasons now. What do you see them playing this weekend? As you mentioned earlier, they kind of played a, a 3-4-1-2 last weekend. Do you see them playing a 4-4-3? Do you see them playing a 3-4-1-2? What, what do you expect them to play in this game? I, I, I suppose that the decision, I mean, I didn't, I didn't get to watch the Houston's game this past weekend. I don't know if maybe that was injury related. Maybe that was form related because Houston have had a pretty similar to form to us right now. I think they've got one more draw, whereas we have one more loss, but otherwise it's an identical record. Um, I would expect Houston to play more of a four, three, three, just particularly because of how many, forwards the Whitecaps have. I mean, maybe they can clog up the midfield with playing with three at the back and three in the center and or five in the center in terms of attackers and midfielders. But yeah, I, w- I would expect that Houston will play more of a 4-3-3 because three, three, that's what they've been playing uh, for every single game this season outside of the, of the recent loss to Colorado this past Saturday. Yeah, so just forgot to mention that as well. So Houston lost 3-1. It was 2-0. Christian Ramirez, who... Seems like a great pickup of Frugal one at that from uh, LAFC. Scored to make it 2-1, then it was a 3-1 final. They are 2-2-2 two, two and two on the season. Seven goals for eight against their six in the West. Two standings ahead or more than the Whitecaps. One, one question I will phrase for you, Peter. Who do you want to watch out for in this game? Or who are you looking to see get on the ball? For me, I'll just say it first is probably Darwin Quintero. I think he's the cream of the crop when it comes to playmakers. He was actually a Whitecaps target. Uh, three years ago before he signed with Minnesota. But um, you're welcome to say the same thing if you want, or you can pick a player that you you think. But honestly, besides him, there's not a whole lot of excitement going on. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I agree with you. There's not – Houston certainly does not have the – they don't have the names, say, players that the, the, the MLS pundits and the media look out for. Um, yeah, with that said, I mean, yeah, Quintero, it's – it's, it's interesting. I, I hope, well, I, I suppose I don't hope he makes an appearance because he hasn't been making, very, <laughs> he hasn't been playing for, for Houston that much despite being on the bench. Um, but I mean, this is a little bit biased, but I'd, I'd love to see Tyler Pasher this weekend. I mean, I never, mm-hmm. I never, I never got, never got to see really anything of him at Kansas or in their second team, Swope Park Rangers. Um, but he, he did, did had a phenomenal season under former Whitecaps gaffer Martin Rennie last season at, at Indy 11. And uh, yeah, he got, per, I think he was purchased for like $50,000 or something, some chump change from by Houston, <laughs> but he, uh, yeah, he's been at least in those first two games. I, I remember watching him and he, and he was, he was quite impressive, very accurate in terms of, or he was a very, a very fast, very agile player. He was pl- playing well in that kind of center forward, kind of or left wing, but then kind of dips inside center forward role. And I, th- I think I remember him assisting one one goal from the kind of rant, cut past the defender into the back of the eighteen, and then cut it back for a for a goal there. So I'd love to see Tyler Pasher. I mean, that's just the fact that he's Canadian, but he has also been an exciting player for Houston this season. Yeah, it's really nice to see a Canadian player flourish early on anyways i believe he got his first mls goal a couple weeks ago got an assist earlier on so it's nice to see a guy i think you can totally agree with this peter that you know is finding success on a american mls team there, there hasn't been a lot of that but it's it's certainly nice to see you can add tejan buchanan to that conversation as well so that's the story for another day 
This is a Houston team that has had somewhat of a simple schedule besides Portland LAFC. They've lost, sorry, they beat San Jose 2-1. They lost to Portland 2-1. They drew LAFC and Dallas 1-1. And last week, they beat Kansas City 1-0. And that's something, a result that sticks out to me, given the Whitecaps just losing 3-0 to Kansas City. I think SKC, we know, is, is a very good team. I just think they show up for certain games and they don't. Um, seems to always be against the Whitecaps in, in Kansas City. Anyways, but I, I feel like they can, Houston can win on a lot of nights, Peter, against certain teams. They can compete. I just feel like they need to have more consistency when it comes to the younger players, like guys like Memo Rodriguez, Christian Ramirez. They need to rely on those attacking players who are fresh blood in the team. Rodriguez has been around for a while, but he's a younger player. He's got lots of legs compared to guys like Figueroa and Boniac Garcia who have been around for seemingly years in the league. So, I, I think along with you, we agree that, you know, they're, they're young, they're talented. I think they're missing a couple pieces in the squad. They only have one DP, which is Kintero. And I think you brought up a good point about him being a TAM player. So they're not, you know, the, the most exciting team to watch in MLS. I did see their opening night to game against San Jose, an absolute scorcher to start the year and a downpour in Houston. Um, is there anything that you're watching out for in this game, Peter, that Houston could maybe take advantage of the Whitecaps? Houston's a hard team to evaluate because I mean you've you've put it well there, Gideon. They've they don't they don't have you know a, a sparkly roster, but at the same time there's a mix. There's a, it's a it's it's a very MLS team, and there's a mix of guys who've been around this league. And you said Figueroa, Boniac Garcia, Darwin Saren, you know a lot, a lot of guys who've been around this league. I mean even Tim Parker now, a lot of guys who've been around this league for a long time. But you also have a combination of a lot of you know y- really young American players who you know for us us pundits who are up in Canada, we, you know, if you're, unless you watch MLS every single team, like, you know, you, you're not going to necessarily know who some of these guys are. So they suffer a problem like the Whitecaps in that they're a little bit, they can be very inconsistent, but at the same time, one of the things that they do have that the Whitecaps don't is they have MLS veterans in the team. So it, I think it'll be, you know, Houston at their best are a team that because of that leadership, they are, they can be well-organized and they, and uh, on the field. And then they've also got young guys who, who bring a lot of pace, who bring a lot of agility and, you know, a lot of desire to win. So, I mean, it'll be interesting. Houston will have fans in the stadium probably because of, you know, how well vaccinated the United States is and really (laughs) lackadaisical restrictions in the South. So um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It'll be, it'll be interesting to see. I'd love to see um, Mark DeSantos give, I, I know he's not going to be that probably make too many changes with the lineup, but I'd love to see him be a bit more flexible mid game, depending on, depending on the situation. Yeah. I think there's a lot of factors to play into this game. I think the first, as we know, the first 15 minutes can win or lose a game for the Whitecaps. We saw that against Colorado. They really were all over the Rapids and they end up losing that game one, nothing to, you know, take nothing away from a beautiful Diego Rubio free kick. They came out hard against Montreal. They won the game. So, I feel like if they have a, a key first 15, 20 minutes, Peter, I think they can win this game. One thing I will note from last weekend for a minute, or sorry, for Houston, that they maybe led to the, to the loss. They played a depleted team. They held or gave debuts to Mateo Bayemich, Jose Bazama, Alejandro Fionmayor, and Nicola Lemoyne. One will, uh, will draw a comparison to Houston, in my mind, is, is very similar to to Real Salt Lake, who I think is another maybe playoff team. They have a young striker in Rabin. Houston has Ramirez. They have a good number 10 and Quintero and Albert Rusnak. They have solid defensive midfielders and they have an MLS veteran and Justin Glad. Houston has Tim Parker and the Whitecaps have had success against RSL. Not saying it's the same team, but 
just to draw a comparison to people who may not be familiar with either of these teams to, to see what Houston can play like in this in this match. Any final thoughts in the demo, Peter, before we uh, we wrap it up? I, I know that Mark Santos will not take you know these these two recent losses lightly. I know the team won't either. There's a lot of good spirit in that locker room. I just think that or I'll, I'll be I, I hope and I'll be watching for to see how this Whitecaps team does regard you know you talked about those first 15 minutes let's talk about those those last 40 minutes I want I hope those what I hope the Whitecaps you know there's it's it's all well and good to say you know you want to win the game the efforts there to have that superior mentality but there also needs to be you know the method and on top of the madness right you, 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 the, the Whitecaps in terms of both their formation and the players they have on the field they need to be flexible to wherever they are at that 50th minute you know if they're regardless of whether winning they're losing I think we need to see a bit more flexibility from the Whitecaps and changing the game plan, depending on what's going on. Fluidity is a word that will be used a lot in this game. I think Houston's very fluid in how the way they change their formation. I think the Whitecaps off the bench can be incredibly fluid. They have Ricketts, they have Javi Bula, they could have Raposo, they could have Dahomey or Caicedo come off the bench, depending on if they play a game, three games in a week or what have you. So I think it'll be come down from to formations and then substitutions, Peter, as you mentioned just a few times that we, we talked about. The Whitecaps are very probably one of the deepest teams, I think, in the Western Conference. They have a player probably at every position that could start. You know, they could essentially two squads, as I've talked about before in the preview. So they're, they're a fun team to win. They're on their game. We have yet to see that this season. We saw it sometimes last year. Um, mentioned in, in, in the bubble, I guess you could say MLS is back. They had a couple of exciting games against uh, San Jose and Chicago. So that's really what comes to mind. One final thought from me before we, we go. It was nice to see last weekend, Peter, when Montreal and Atlanta played 44,000 fans, I think it was. Did that yeah. not bring up yeah. some good times for you? Absolutely. It's, I mean, like, yeah. you know, it, you can get all political about having people in stadiums or whatever, but I mean, mm-hmm. it, it is, you cannot deny that it reminds you of, you know, what we love about watching the beautiful game and especially watching the beautiful game here in North America. Yeah, I was watching it for, I think, about 40 minutes or so, and I just got chills every time there is a cheer. So about, what, a year and a half ago, I was at MLS Cup in Seattle, and it just seems like that was three, four years ago, given the current state of the world. But hope everyone's staying safe, getting vaccinated. Um, final thought on the game, it's at 6 p.m. on Saturday. That's Vancouver time on TSN 1 and 4. Peter, before we let you go, where can you be found on Twitter? Everyone can hurl abuse at me at Peter Hickens. <laughs> <laughs> on awesome. twitter all right thank you peter you can find me as well at uh, at underscore Gideon hill it was nice chatting with you peter i'm glad you're you're still here and, and part of the preview is myself we keep the band together and welcome the newest member as well as the dz family congrats to joe and caroline hopefully we'll have them back next week but i'm sure i'll be babysitting so yep, we might have to do this again <laughs> hear each other's voice but anyways congrats to them and enjoy the game when you're listening in some far-flung corner of the globe to the world service of a Saturday afternoon, crackly reception, interference, cosy, marvellous. Somehow comforting, isn't it? You know, legendary names, fathers and sons on the terraces, cheesy peas at half-time, pipe for dad, mum's at home making the tea. Ah, oh, everything's all right with the world, isn't it? Saturday afternoon is football. Hmm? Yeah.